0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Hop the props. Next, next week's episode, Chuck, welcome back to the studio. How are we?
1: Hey, Seth, how you doing? It's good to be here. Good to, good to be back for another week. I was a point away from a 3-0 and week last week, so we're feeling good.
0: You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've never, never had a worse bet, I think, than Dallas last week. I think that was Oof. maybe the first time I had bet on, on the Cowboys, I think, in my life. And uh, I wanted to throw everything I owned through a window. That was possibly the worst display of football I have ever seen. But shout out to my man Josh Dobbs, picking up the win, and also getting his jersey in the Arizona Cardinals team store. Did you see they didn't even have his jersey available for sale?
1: No. Well, they called him up like like a week before the season actually started, and was like, "Hey, like you're going to be our starting quarterback." So.
0: Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw it on TikTok. They like flew him out so and everything. Weird. He's like, "Here I go." And I'm like, I didn't even know you were still in the league. You know, he's, he's like a rocket scientist. Really? Yeah. He's like a, a – like, that's what his degree he went was. To like Tennessee, Tennessee, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was like science or something. Astrophysics, or something. The guy's a smart cookie. Um, also can beat the – supposedly one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, but we'll, we'll, unfortunately, we'll be getting to them later in this podcast. Um, so we're not quite done with the Cowboys uh, as much as I want to be. Um, but a great week of football last week. Um, couple, a lot of big ranked games. Um, not, not quite as good of a slate this week. But we tried to kind of pick through the the games and and find the value, and that's kind of where we're going to start this week. Chuck, why don't you lead us off with pick number one?
1: Yes, yeah, so Seth. I I got a lot to talk about here with my first pick, um, my favorite pick of the week. I wanted to take you and the audience to school this week, Professor I love, Chuck. I
0: love going to school. Actually, is I in, in the really building. No.
1: Well, you you like it when you know if I'm the professor, so
0: oh yeah, it sounds great.
1: Here we go. Um, so we we've talked about this before, I think, in our many seasons of the podcast, but I kind of wanted to explain it and dive into some some stats to back it up. The look ahead spot, Seth, is what we're talking about here. This is the topic Do- of conversation. Huge um, look ahead. Mate. It it could be, and it and it often is. I think I think in college football, particularly, the look ahead spot is a is a thing. Because um, I mean, these guys are eighteen eighteen twenty year old guys. They can't help but look at their future schedule and circle certain games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as a result, sometimes I feel like the week before, uh, a certain team has a big game upcoming. They don't really play up to their potential that week, right? Because they're they're looking ahead, they're getting ready for for whoever. So so let's go back and look at this year. Let's let's flash back um, week two. The kind of the game of the week, the big game was Texas at Bama. Think about what happened in week one. Texas doesn't cover versus Rice. They were up sixteen to three at halftime. So it's just a little bit of a look ahead spot. Texas was kind of getting in the groove and like looking forward to Bama, and they barely beat Rice. Um, Week three, kind of the biggest matchup was was Tennessee at Florida. That was kind of a rivalry game. And if you look at the week before, Tennessee beat Austin Peay by only 17 points. So that could have been a look-ahead spot there. Um, week four was last week. There were a lot of ranked games, like we like you just mentioned. Um, we got Colorado at Oregon. If you think about the week before, Colorado went to overtime with Colorado State. We got FSU at Clemson. If you think about the week before, Florida State beat Boston College by only two. And got like kind of lucky to win that game because of a penalty. Um, got Ole Miss at Bama. If you look at the week before, both of those teams actually kind of struggled combined in their respective games. They were only up seven at half. You know, obviously Bama against South Florida. We talked about that last week, and Ole Miss was kind of struggling with Georgia Tech for a little while um, in their kind of look ahead spot. And then lastly, you know, obviously Ohio State Notre Dame was a big game last week. Notre Dame. The week before, they won, but they didn't cover against Central Michigan. So oftentimes, like these are not good teams that um, these better teams aren't getting up for because they know it's like, hey, next week we got to conserve our energy. We got a huge game next week. This game doesn't really matter. We'll take we'll take care of them without even trying, and that's fine because they usually end up winning. But it's it's great from a betting perspective, right? Because you can get a lot of value. So, Seth. The big game in Week Six, which is next week in college football, is Red River. We got Texas Ooh. at Oklahoma next week. Super excited for that matchup. Um, and I think this could be a look at spot. I, I thought about. I looked at Texas a little bit, but I don't think they're looking past, past Kansas. They play Kansas this week, and that, that's a ranked team. Um, Kansas beat them like a couple of years ago, so I don't think Texas is going to look past Kansas. But I think Oklahoma might look past Iowa State. Iowa State was one and eight in the Big Twelve last year, um, and they're two and two so far this year. So I think Oklahoma might look past Iowa State just a little bit. So I'm going to take Iowa State plus 19 and a half as my uh, my favorite bet of the week. So I got even more. Oklahoma's you keep played... coming.
0: I'm am, I'm am fully intrigued right now.
1: I told you I had I had a full page ready for this game. I was excited. <laughs> um, Oklahoma's played two Power Five opponents this this year so far. Um, SMU and Cincinnati, they won those two games 28-11 to 11 and 20-6, to six, respectively. So if you average out their stats in those two games and take out their big wins against Arkansas State and Tulsa, which are kind of skewing their numbers to be better than they are, um, they're only averaging 395 yards of offense, which is 58th in the nation if you just take that average, and 372 yards allowed, which is 64th in terms of defense. So if you look at only their, their games against Power 5, Teams, um, they're actually kind of a middle of the pack um, FBS team, and probably a little bit overranked at this point. Um, Iowa State, on the other hand, you know, like I said, they're they're two and two, um, and they have some some losses against Iowa, which is understandable, but also Ohio, which isn't great. Except when you look at Ohio is second in total defense in the NCAA right now, and Iowa's twenty eighth. So those are two pretty good defenses, and Iowa State, in their own right, ranks. 16th in total defense compared to the cincinnati and smu which oklahoma has played already and struggled against cincinnati was only 46th smu was only 55th um, so iowa state brings a lot better of the defense into this game and i think the offense is improving a little bit it's obviously not great um, but they have a rookie quarterback rocco becht um it's a it's a tough ass to have two of your first three games as a rookie behind Two top thirty defense against two top thirty defenses, um, and he, so he's starting to look a little bit better. He played; they played Oklahoma State last week, put up thirty four points. Um, so I think the offense is is starting to find its ground a little bit. And so you know, when you look at all these stats, it's it's hard for me to see Oklahoma scoring much more than thirty, given given the Iowa State defense and given their offensive struggles against Power Five opponents so far. Um, and I think the potential look-ahead spot, right? So so Iowa State really only needs to get to like 10-ish, just double digits, to cover this 20-point spread. Um, and I looked at their previous matchups in the last seven years, um, there hasn't been, all the games have been within 10 points in the la- since like 2015. So these are two teams that historically play close. And so I know Iowa State's been better than, than they are right now in the past. But I think this is a potential look-ahead spot for that Iowa State can at least hang and, and Keep this within twenty.
0: Like that might have been the most detailed um, game description and game summary that you have on this pod in this pod's history. So I just want to take a moment, and I, I really appreciate you. you diving in there. And and, so, and that that's that wasn't a game I even had on my radar, but now that's my best bet of the week. You just convinced yeah. me that's number one on my radar.
1: I actually I placed I the
0: bet. That. I actually placed the bet while you were talking. <laughs> It's in. It's already locked in.
1: Locked it up. Let's go.
0: So I know – I, I love the take. I love the stat where you brought it in the past seven years. Pretty much every game has been within ten points. Um, that's a great thing to bring in as well, and, and their struggle at the power five. Let's not forget Oklahoma also went six and six last year. Like, yeah. It's not like they were you know overly good. Um, and you're right, they haven't. And their two power five teams that they've played were Cincinnati, who's a new power five team. And SMU, who's also a new Power Five team, like both these—they haven't played a real Power Five team yet this year. Um, so I really like that, and I really like the look-ahead spot as well. I—I'm excited for that Week Six game. I know both of those teams are as well. So really like that play, Chuck. Ex- excellent work.
1: Thank you for coming to class. Uh, class dismissed. It's yeah, you got so. I'm,
0: I'm really glad I showed up and didn't sleep through that one. That was very informative. <laughs> so well. I'm going to take us to a, another game, to, to, to two new Power 5 teams, one of which we talked about a little bit when you were recapping um, Oklahoma's schedule. I'm going out to Provo, Utah, the land of the Mormons, Cincinnati traveling to BYU. And, Chuck, we were on the phone when I saw this this spread. Cincinnati favored by two on the road. This This surprised me. Because being two-point dogs at home to Cincinnati is ridiculous. BYU traveled to Fayetteville, Arkansas, beat Arkansas. Quality SEC team. Again, not not top tier, but a good team. Um, Went to Kansas. Lost at Kansas, but Kansas has played really well. Um, They lost by 11. It was closer than that looked. Now they're going back home. They're playing their first Big 12 game against a team that's new to the – or, yeah, first Big 12 game – against a team who's also new to the Big 12, and you're going to give them two points at home, especially with Luke Fickle's first year at Cincinnati, while BYU is Kevin Slovis, who's a fifth or sixth year. I don't know how that guy's still in school. Um, But eight touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, In the addition to Cincinnati really isn't anything special on offense or defense. Very middle of the pack. Pretty much every ranking, they're between 70th and 100th. Um, they're 77th in pass defense while BYU is 18th. Uh, BYU is a better turnover margin, positive 0. 0.3 compared to Cincinnati's negative 0.04. And having a veteran quarterback at home, first Big 12 game, they've played good opponents, they've played them well. Give me BYU plus two at home in Provo to start off their Big 12 um career. I I really don't understand why this line is this way. I would, I, it would make more sense to me having it BYU minus two or minus two and a half. So I think you're, you're getting at least four points of value here on a team that really should be favored or at least should be an even spread with them at home.
1: Yeah, I totally agree on the line value here. Um, we were racking our brains trying to, trying to look up a ton of stuff to figure out why BYU is fav- not favored in this game. Um, like you said, Big 12 home opener for him. I think the crowd's gonna be rocking. I just looked this up. I it, I just realized now that it, it's ten fifteen Eastern on Friday night. This is a Friday night game in Provo. Yes, it is. Uh, the place is gonna be rocking. You know, you know the Mormons. They they get up for this. Um, Dude, there's definitely gonna be some soda.
0: There's gonna be some sodas.
1: <laughs> the uh, people are gonna be the,
0: energized. Might even be a Celsius. Don't get crazy, but it could be a Celsius the, in this place.
1: The Coca Colas are gonna be flowing. Um, Late night action and and like I mentioned, kind of during the Oklahoma preview, like you, like you said, um, I'm not super high on what Cincinnati's shown us so far this year. I think they they beat Pitt, which is looking less and less impressive. Um, and what else they ha- they haven't they haven't done much. They you know they only no. put up six points against Oklahoma last week, um, so
0: yeah. haven't done much. And now they have Ohio. to go
1: to BYU. Yeah, yeah.
0: Their other road loss was at Miami, Ohio, a non a MAC oh, team. Oh, that's right. You-
1: that's right. Oof.
0: We do love some action. However, Miami Ohio don't think they're uh, they're a quality loss just yet. I'm, if my if any of Miami Ohio listeners are listening, I'm, I'm sorry, not familiar with your work. Um, haven't seen a lot come out of uh, Oxford Ohio from you guys though. Um, so again, traveling to a new Big Twelve team as a Big Twelve team Friday night night game in Provo. Give me the soda drinkers. Give me BYU plus two.
1: I hate to be off the Bearcats, but. The Bearcats got to show us this something is, this year. This We first, haven't seen it.
0: This is my first time ever betting against Cincinnati. We've been on the bandwagon for so long.
1: But it's it's but, time to get off. They they got to show us something we got It's time to fade them. All yeah, right. Got to, um, so from my next pick we're we're staying in college, switching over to Saturday, switching over to some SEC action. Um, I'm talking about South Carolina at Tennessee. Uh, 71% of the bets coming in on South Carolina right now. Tennessee is a 12 and a half point favorite. I'm going to take the favorite here. I'm actually going to lay some points, which I don't usually like to do, um, but I'm going to take Tennessee minus 12 and a half for my second play of the week. I was kind of high on Tennessee coming into this season, right? Because you know they had a lot. They obviously they had a great year last year, but Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt left um, to the NFL. But Joe Milton was behind Hendon Hooker, and he was he's proved to be pretty capable as a backup. Um, played in the Orange Bowl against my Clemson Tigers and waxed us. So I, I had pretty high hopes for the Tennessee offense um, to keep it rolling and, and have another good year. But then they went into Florida, like I mentioned earlier, uh, a couple weeks ago and just, just kind of laid an egg. Um,
0: Lost to Graham Mertz.
1: Yeah, you, we hated to see that. But, but I was kind of looking at Florida. At, Florida's total defense is higher than Georgia's right now. Um, so I think we're kind of sleeping on Florida as a – as a pretty decent defense um, and it was at home at night as a big rivalry game um, so I, I, I'm I'm kind of coming off of that as being a, a super terrible loss I think it I think it woke uh, Tennessee up a little bit then they they went and took care of business against UT UTSA last week put up 45 on them um, so I think the offense is coming back to life after they kind of a let down spot there um, and, and let me be let me be clear, South Carolina's defense is not Florida's South Carolina is one hundred and twenty first in total defense compared to Florida's twelfth um, and Tennessee's offense is about the same as unC's uh, UNC played South Carolina earlier this year and won thirty one to seventeen but that was at a neutral site so this is a home game for Tennessee, um, so I think they'll put up at least thirty one maybe more like thirty eight points in this game um, given what UNC was able to do against this defense. Um, and the thing that's usually discussed with Tennessee, and I've been talking about it so far, is is their offense, right? Um, but their defense is, is 14th in, in the NCA right now, and 24th in sack percentage, which is important because uh, South Carolina is 129th in sacks given up so far this year. Is so their offensive is that line dead last?
0: Is, that's got to be pretty close to dead last.
1: It's like yeah, it's like 135 is like dead last or something like that. 133, I think. Um, so yeah, so they're they're giving up a ton of pressure on on Spencer Rattler, and the the SC offense is South Carolina offense is is not very balanced at all. It's it's all it goes as Spencer Rattler goes. Um, they're 125th in rushing offense and 18th in passing offense. Um, so they they kind of lean heavy on on passing, but that's going to give Tennessee the opportunity to just pull it see, pin its ears back and just rush Spencer Rattler all day long. Um, So I think between their unbalanced attack and the Tennessee uh, defense being pretty decent, it's hard to see South Carolina getting more than 20, 24 points. So if you, if you go back to what I said, Tennessee puts up 38, Tennessee wins 38, 20, that's, that's covering this 12 and a half number pretty easily.
0: Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of SEC football. I'm going to be honest. I've I've kind of been humming around the, uh, the non-Power five games, but I did watch that, that Tennessee, uh, Florida game. And that was possibly, A, one of the most upset setting games I have watched this year. Um, but Tennessee looked terrible. Like, they, their offense looked bad. But, again, you're right. Florida's defense, actually pretty solid. They played decently against Utah, who's now a top-ten team. Um, and they've, they've played well all and kept them in games, you know, with the lethargic quarterback, quarterbacking of Graham Mertz. Um So, don't, don't – I mean, I definitely don't love it as much as the Oklahoma pick. I think that one, that one's just nothing will top that this week. Yeah. Um, but I definitely like the the play here because the other thing with South Carolina is just they 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 are one team in one quarter and then a, another team in another quarter. They look like the best team in the SEC in one quarter and then they look like they could barely win in the Sun Belt in the next. Yeah. So very streaky team, and if they get behind early, I think it might be difficult for them to catch up. In Tennessee, could could run away with this one and cover that spread for you pretty easily.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty surprising actually to me, looking at these numbers that South Carolina was able to hang with Georgia. So that concerns me a little bit on this one, but it was kind of a rain game. Um, so I, I hopefully the weather's fine in Tennessee and the, and the offense can kind of get firing. And, and something I forgot to mention, remember South Carolina beat Tennessee last year? Um, so I think this is a big revenge game for Tennessee. I think they're going to want to run off the score.
0: Knocked them out of the playoff picture, basically. I mean, they still yeah, had a chance to losing to Georgia and then losing to Tennessee. And that's the game where Hendon Hooker got injured, too. So um, Milton coming in, playing in a South Carolina team, getting his revenge. Really great point there. Really like that. Um, a lot of emotion in this game. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the weather is good on that end. But I'm going to transition us to a place where the weather is not going to be good. <laughs> and that's going to be Blacksburg, Virginia. Maybe. We're going – we got a little ACC action, the absolute the bottom of the ACC. The Pitt Panthers going to Virginia Tech. First things first, and I told Chuck this is my first note that I had on this game. Both teams suck, but they're <laughs> awful. I yep. know we talked about Pitt last week, Chuck. I yep. know your, your bet was UNC. Um, Pitt's offense is terrific. I mean, not terrific, terrible. Pitt's only win was against Wofford. And their only road game, they put up six points. Now, the other thing, in that last game against UNC, their starting left tackle, Matt Doncliffe, give him a shout out, out for the year with an ACL. Also, their starting quarterback, Phil Jorkovec, or however you pronounce that, he's questionable. He has concussions, concussion, so he probably, or I think he, he has a concussion. He's got some injury, but he probably won't play. Their backup came into that UNC game and went 7-for-18 for for 85 yards and two picks. Why is that important? Because VT is actually second in the nation in pass defense. And Pitt's 17th. It's Grant Wells for the quarterback of Virginia Tech. He used to be his quarterback at Marshall. Just really hasn't connected, hasn't gotten it rolling at Virginia Tech. Offense has really struggled. Their only win this year was Old Dominion. They lost to Marshall last week. It, both these teams are just the bottom. Both these teams in Virginia are really just the trash of the ACC. Now, rain is expected in this game. It is expected to rain. It's a night game. Blacksburg is going to be up for this game. Enter Sandman. This could be. They're, they're going to get up for it because it's probably one of the only games they're going to win in the ACC. Now, both rush defenses are very middle of the road. VT is actually pretty bad. They're 119th on the on the ground. But Pitt's 100th than rushing offense. So there's no real – I don't see a way that either of these teams is really going to exploit the other considering that both defenses are better than the offenses. This game will be in the rain. Pitt's missing their starting left tackle and their quarterback. Grant Wells has yet to show me anything. This game could very well be 10-7. to 7, And that's why I'm taking the under 39.5. I know it's a low number. But we've seen in the past two years, Virginia Tech has had some very low scoring games. And especially in the rain, I expect this to be a very kind of ugly game to watch overall. I, I really do not see anybody putting up a lot of points in this game. Give me that under 39 and a half.
1: Yeah, I, I hope this bet cashes for you, but there's no way I'm going to be tuning into this one. This is absolutely no, gross. This is
0: definitely not a watchable game. This is one you just check the game cast like at halftime and then the end, like not yeah. a chance you'll catch me tuning into this one.
1: Yeah, this is gonna be I terrible. Mean, I talked about Pitt last week, kind of hanging up the quarterback flyers, and then Djokovic goes head, goes ahead and gets hurt against UNC. Um, so I can't imagine they have much at all behind him if that's who they're rolling out and he's been so bad. Um, and and something I also wanted to bring up when I was looking at the sack rates uh, for my previous take. Uh, Pitt's fourth in sack percentage on defense. So so they, they, they can get after the quarterback a little bit, costs, wreak some havoc. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I love this play. It's hard to imagine any of these either of these teams putting up many points at all, especially if it's going to be raining.
0: Yeah, I, I just really see it as just an absolute, like literally the bottom of the barrel. The other thing with Pitt is also the sixth worst turnover margin in the entire nation. So they turn it over. They have got have a backup quarterback in. The starting left tackle is out. I really just don't see this going positively anyway for Pitt. Um, and I just don't see like, – I wouldn't be surprised if Pitt does not score. Um, or
1: there's
0: <laughs> yeah. under 10 – let's say under 10 points. So then let's just say they score 10. So then I just need – VT scores 28. We're good. I don't see VT scoring yeah. more than 28 tops. That's a good point. I thought I thought about going to the spread here but I also just did not want to get burned on a pit virginia Tech spread.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I'll take the under all day.
1: Yeah, that's a good call. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those, you know, you don't see unders lower than 40 points a lot in college football unless it's an Iowa game. Um, this is true. So it's one of those, when you, when you see it, you, you probably got to take the under. There's There's a reason it's so low. Exactly. All right, well, Going to transition quickly with our, our last two picks of the night um, to the NFL. Uh, not a great slate this week in the NFL. Not a good board. Really I couldn't find a lot of value. Um, so I'm going with the I'm going with the strategy. I, I did it last time. I did this. I think it was it was North Texas, and that, that burned me against Cal. But I'm going the passion pick of the week. I got nothing Ooh. written down for this game, but I'm taking the Cowboys minus six and a half um, <sighs> against New England. Yeah so I know I was on new England last week and I know you were on the Cowboys. So both of these teams involved last week for us, um, Pitt was able to get the win against, or sorry, the Patriots were able to get the win against, uh, Zach Wilson and the jets. And the Cowboys obviously struggled with the Cardinals. I, I mentioned on the pod last week that it was coming up time to fade the Cowboys and we didn't think it would be the Cardinals, right? Cause you know, the Cardinals are trash or at least we thought they were, um, they might be a little frisky. Um, because the Cowboys were getting a ton of Super Bowl hype, right? They they crushed their first two games against the Giants and the Jets. Um, They're getting a ton of ton of hype, ton of Super Bowl hype, and there there was a letdown spot coming. So they they had that. They got it out of their system. I think that woke them up. They're going back home and playing the a Patriots team that they know is going to bring some a decent defense at least into that game. And I'm just still super down on Mac Jones in the offense. Um, they were terrible last year with like Matt Patricia plays. We thought they would I thought they would get a little bit better with with Bill O'Brien coming in and calling plays. Um but they they haven't gotten that much better. I mean, they still only put up 15 points last week in the rain against the Jets. Um and one of them was one of, two of those points was from a safety, so uh, the offense still doesn't look great and I think everybody's overreacting a little bit to the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals and they lost because like they, they kind of got shredded by Josh Jobs. Josh Dobbs, who we talked about earlier, on the ground. Um, obviously, Mac Jones isn't going to be doing a lot of that, and I think everybody is also overreacting to Trayvon Diggs' injury. I think the Cowboys are going to be fine. Everybody stop panicking. I know they lost to the Cardinals, but that happens. The NFL is weird sometimes. Um, so I'm fine. I'm fine to lay under a touchdown here with Dallas because I think they just it's a bounce back, get right spot against the, a much worse team in New England.
0: Yeah, and we talked about fading the Cowboys at some point, as you said. I just, and I just really didn't think it was going to be the Cardinals. So I got burned last week. Yeah. Um, but I, I like this play. Um, it actually goes right into my play. I'm just going to kind of weave it in here. Uh, because, again, not, not really diving into the statistics here, but, again, more of a passion play, because I feel like the NFL has just been kind of crazy lately. Um, but my, my two-team teaser money line parlay is Dallas money line and the Chargers money line. Chargers are – you got Eckler coming back. Um, Garoppolo has a concussion um, for the Raiders, so I think their starting quarterback is. Um, why did I just forget his name?
1: Brian Hoyer. But uh,
0: Brian Hoyer. I think it's Hoyer. I think Hoyer's yeah. starting for the Raiders. Um, Chargers are five and a half point favorites. They got that big win against uh, the Vikings last week. I'm hoping that propels them. They're playing at home. I the Raiders have really struggled. I really see this as an opportunity for uh, the Chargers to kind of get back on track with with their team and their playoff aspirations. So I really see this game as a must-win for the Chargers. So I'm, I'm hoping that propels them just as a must-win situation. It's at home. You're going against a backup quarterback in a divisional game. And then parlay that with Dallas. I swear if Dallas loses to the Patriots, yeah, it's – it's almost, you can't even imagine it. Like, they did not look great against the Jets. They pulled it out, but they look, didn't look great. I mean, the Cowboys looked bad last week, but you got to imagine that they can at least pull it together this week at home, coming back, get back on track, go 3-1, and they're right back in that top of the NFC conversation. So I'm taking two teams that really, one really needs a win to get back on track, and the other one just needs a win to get back into the top of that NFC race. So give me the Chargers and Cowboys money line. Uh, should be right at uh, plus one hundred.
1: Yeah, you get both these teams at, at home, money line as a favorite. Um, two teams that have kind of underperformed at least in the last you know so far this year. So they sh- they should be two playoff teams if you just look at the, them on paper. So, um, no, I like that play.
0: Yeah, and that's that's all we got on the NFL slate. As as Chuck said, I mean it's not. Yeah. Not looking great. The other thing that we talked about a little bit was the the Jets and the Chiefs. I mean, Taylor Swift is going to be at MetLife, so wouldn't hate a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown score here. Uh, it week. is Sunday night. It is prime time. Swizzle will be in the building or at the building because it's outdoors. So uh, just kind of throw that out there. I'll probably throw that on a, on a Sunday night uh, and listen to blank space in the background while it caches. But um, that's kind of the only other thing I had.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think keep fading Zach Wilson until, until it doesn't hit. Um, you know, could be could be a bit of a trap game going to New York, but I, it's hard to it's hard to bet on Zach Wilson, so it's easy to go oh, the other the, way. So I, I kind of like the did, uh,
0: The Jets did pick up another quarterback. You know who, who it is? is? Yeah, Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Out of everyone to pick up, they went Trevor Simeon.
1: And they just signed him to the practice squad too. Like it's it's Zach Wilson in this game for sure. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, so you got Zach will- I mean, maybe maybe Zach Wilson will have an I'm him game against the Chiefs on Sunday night. But I can tell sure. you right now, he doesn't. I think this, this game could be for his career. So maybe he shows out or also just completely sucks. But I'm going to take it that, I'm, regardless, Travis Kelsey's getting to the end zone.
1: That's, that's what he does, man. I mean, I just t- take everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially with the the new relationship with with him and and the Swizzler, it's beautiful. Could be the most iconic couple, you know, bringing two worlds together—the Swifties and all the NFL fans—they're going to learn to love each other. It's going to be beautiful.
1: Do you th- you think this is is real or just a marketing ploy?
0: Um, you know, I saw a pic like a picture of her like kind of hanging on him. Um, it looked like to be in a casino. I might just be seeing things. I haven't rolled dice in a while. Um, but I, I, think it, I think it's a real thing. I mean, she was hanging out with his mom. Like you can tell, like, they crazy walking a bunch. So I don't really think it's a marketing thing because also like Taylor Swift is possibly the most popular person in the world right now. Yeah, so I don't know why she would need any more clout and yeah. same with Travis. Travis Kelsey is probably one of the most, you know, loved football players in the NFL with his podcast with his brother. Um, You know, like being on the Chiefs and being a funny guy. Like these are two people that don't really need the clout that are already in the spotlight anyway. So I feel like it is real, and I'm here for it.
1: Good for Travis, just just shooting his shot though. Like
0: I respect. Tight ends are up right now. (laughs) Look at the kid. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk? Not me. But yeah, good for the guy. We'll be tuning in. She'll definitely get some airtime on Sunday night. Um, I will literally be tuning into that game, not to watch the football game, but to watch how many times they talk about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey.
1: I thought we were getting screwed because like, Aaron Rodgers had all these primetime games and now it's Zach Wilson, but but Taylor Swift's bringing it back to life. It's like, now it's must-see TV.
0: I think the, the, real, the real over-under this week is how many times um, on the Sunday night broadcast did they bring up Taylor Swift? I think it's got to oh be over-under 22 and a half.
1: 22 and a half.
0: I mean, dude, they're going to bring it up anytime Travis Kelsey basically catches the ball at the beginning of the game, at the end of the game, probably the halftime show talking about like, or during halftime, be like, oh yeah, you know, Taylor Swift to the film. I, I, I really think, or like, there's going to be some reference. I bet you it's about 20 times. Wow. I'll, I'll count and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about it uh, next week.
1: Yeah. Get in the lab, get in the lab for us. Thank
0: yeah, you. exactly. Perfect. All right. Well, I think
1: we've rambled for, for long enough here, bud.
0: I think so too. We got the got the picks in. Uh, we got the the first game on the slate that we went over is the the BYU Cincinnati game. Don't forget that game's on Friday night, uh, so make sure to to hammer uh, BYU there. But the rest of them Saturday and Sunday, and not quite as an eventful week as as last week in terms of quality of games. But you never know. Sometimes those are the weeks that are the most entertaining.
1: Watch out for the Cyclones.
0: Yeah, you never know. Upset alert. Could could be a Jaeger bomb. Could be an un. Uh, Unsolicited bomb.
1: Throwback. I haven't, I haven't had one of those in a while. You might yeah, have to start that it.
0: back up next week.
1: All right. We're, we're going to be finding dogs again.
0: Yeah. Dude, nothing, nothing, the, the people love a good dog.
1: The dogs eat. All right. Thanks for tuning in, Hopper Nation. Uh, thanks for sticking with us for this long while we talked about Taylor Swift for five minutes. Um,
0: yeah, it's important.
1: Have a good weekend.
0: Later, Hoppers.